Hey, I'm Natasha Crane. And I'm Elisa Childers. Welcome to Unshaken Faith, where we equip you to live your Christian faith boldly in a chaotic culture. Dylan Mulvaney is probably the most visible transgender person in the U.S. today. If you're not familiar with him, he is a biological male who documented his transition to supposedly becoming a woman through a series of TikTok videos just a couple of years ago. Well, he quickly, very quickly, rose to TikTok fame, and he has over 10 million followers there today and huge followings on other platforms, too. Mulvaney also made headlines last year when Bud Light paid him to be an influencer during March Madness. There was a huge backlash from Bud Light consumers who didn't exactly like the brand being associated with him. So clearly not everyone is on board with Mulvaney's stardom, but the fact remains that he is extremely popular as an influencer of youth and young adults. In a certain sense, Mulvaney has been pivotal in giving the transgender movement a new face. So today we want to discuss some thoughts on how he has become the poster child for transgenderism because we think that there are some really interesting worldview insights that can come from considering that question. But first, let's do some announcements and tips of the week. All right. Well, you can already buy tickets for our Detroit Unshaken Conference and our Pittsburgh area conference. So Detroit's going to happen on March 9th at Metro City Church. And Pittsburgh area is going to be on May 18th at Christ Church at Grove Farm. So you can go to unshakenconference.com to buy tickets for those today. We would love to see you come out if you're in that area of the country. We've been really looking out uh, forward to coming out to the East Coast. Uh, so my tip of the week is related to our topic today in that just some advice for parents on how to introduce these topics to kids. The LGBTQ sort of spectrum can be difficult to know when to introduce these ideas and what age and depending on your kid's maturity, but gender is something you can start really, really early. We can talk about our kids with categories like man and woman, mommy and daddy, boy and girl. So just strengthening the categories of male and female with our very young kids and teaching them those words can be a great way to set up a lasting foundation on what gender is and what it's built upon. Yeah, and we shouldn't be afraid to talk about these things with our kids. I know a lot of parents don't want to address them at an early age, and it's unfortunate that we even have to, but that doesn't mean we don't need to because the world is going to be talking to our kids about these things from an early time. So we need to also. Well, my tip of the week is really just to remind you guys that we would really appreciate it if you could take the time to share our episodes with people. If you have friends who would find what we're talking about valuable and you like what we do, please just send them a text, send them an email, reach out on social media, share it on social media and say, hey, this is a podcast I really enjoy listening to. And take a moment also to rate and review it if you haven't already on the podcast platform that you use. It's so helpful to us because as a lot of you know, it's getting really hard on social media to get things out because we post content. We say, hey, there's a new episode. We're talking about this today. Uh, But the algorithm does not like that. And it knows that you're promoting something. You're promoting content. They don't want you to leave the platform. And so very few people tend to see our posts when we, we post about these kinds of things. So the greatest thing that you could do for us if you enjoy the show is to just share with others and leave us a review and a rating on your podcast platform. We would really appreciate that. 
All right, so the title of this episode, How Dylan Mulvaney Changed the Face of Transgenderism, is actually a bit of a play on words because Mulvaney, Mulvaney literally did have his face completely redone in a process called facial feminization surgery. And what that entails is he had a hairline advancement, a brow bone shave, a rhinoplasty, a cheek enhancement, a lip lift, a jaw shave, a chin reduction, and a tracheal shave. The purpose of all of this, of course, was to make his face look more like that of a biological female. Well, that brings us to our first point about why we think Mulvaney has been so successful as a transgender influencer. He actually looks very feminine, in part because he's had surgeries, but also in part because those surgeries were particularly successful in their goal. And the impression many people have of what it looks like for a man to transition to a woman is that a man, you know, still looks big, burly, and like a just like a guy with long hair, makeup, and a dress. But honestly, that and that is the case much of the time. But with Mulvaney, he has so successfully made himself look like an actual biological woman that his case makes transgenderism seem plausible in people's minds. And that's really our first big takeaway. And that's for uh, a lot of people, Mulvaney has made it seem like he truly has been able to achieve womanhood in some sense. And so I think when we think about what it used to look like for somebody to transition, you know, there was the famous Bruce Jenner transitioning into Caitlyn Jenner. And many people just thought, man, that just looks like a giant Olympic athlete in a dress, you know, yeah. a big giant man in a dress. Um, but now we're starting to see more people like Mulvaney. And I've noticed even from talking with friends, how uh, one friend I was talking to in particular was following an Instagram account of somebody they thought was a woman. And they didn't find out until they were following this person for two months that it was actually a man who had, quote unquote, transitioned into uh, a woman. So we're in a whole new world with this where surgeries and the, and the things they have available are making a, it a lot more convincing, even though we know biologically you actually cannot become the opposite gender. Yeah, I remember when I first became aware of Mulvaney, it was because of my husband. And he was, I, I think it was right at the beginning of when Mulvaney was gaining popularity. And my husband was watching something on his phone one day and he was cracking up. So I went over to look at it and he showed me one of Mulvaney's videos that he had come across. And my husband was like, this guy is so funny. And he genuinely meant that. He wasn't laughing at him. He actually thought that he was funny. And so out of mm -hmm. curiosity, I started following him. And I really thought the same. I wanted to see his videos because they were actually entertaining. And then when my kids had come across them, they thought that he was so entertaining. So as it turns out, and I think this is a really important part of why he's become so popular, Mulvaney has a background in theater and musical theater in particular. So he is truly a performer. He's an actor. And I think that that training really comes through in his videos. It's something else that leads to the plausibility, I think, in people's minds that he's now a woman in some sense. Because he knows how to play the part, he even has mannerisms that are more female than male. So like Elisa said earlier, a lot of times when you see biological males who identify as trans, they just look like men dressed up as women, almost like drag queens, even though that's a whole different thing than, than the trans movement. But not only that, they usually still have the male mannerisms. So it seems fake. Even if people still accept it is valid because their worldview is such that they think you can be anything you want. There's something that's kind of tipping people off to. It's still a man. It's still a man who is presenting as a woman. But when you have someone like Mulvaney who's had surgeries that make him look so feminine and he has taken on these mannerisms of a woman because of his training and his acting, that it's somebody who wants to be this part and he knows how to play that part because of his acting background. So it's gone a long way toward getting people to think that 
this is this is convincing. He he's a quote unquote woman. Right. And Instagram, obviously, you only can sh- you know, you show people what you want them to see on something like Instagram or TikTok or wherever these um, videos are being platformed. And we all know people who their Instagram looks like their life is just perfect. Everything's great, filled with joy, all the things. And then we know that behind the scenes, their life is falling apart. I mean, we all know somebody like that. We've probably been guilty of that from time to time, right? So it's important to remember that Instagram is just a highlight reel. But that that leads me to the next takeaway. And that's something that's been really impactful, I think, about Dylan Mulvaney is how joyful he genuinely seems yeah. like he genuinely seems truly happy and truly joyful. And if you spend any amount of time watching his videos, you'll see that he's nearly always grinning just from ear to ear. He genuinely looks like he's loving his life as a quote unquote woman. And secular culture believes that happiness is the ultimate goal of life. So for people who hold that idea, Mulvaney is living. He's a living and breathing example of how happy you can be if you just be who you want to be. He sort of proves the idea in a lot of people's minds that happiness comes from living out your true, quote unquote, authentic self. So people want to watch him because they're rooting for him, right? They're they're cheering him on. He's not only the poster child for transgenderism, but also for the whole secular notion that you should be whoever you want to be. So for example, I was talking with my daughter today about this episode, and we went on my Instagram account and started looking at some posts by Dylan Mulvaney. And one of the ones that popped up was a speech that he gave at some sort of a conference where he was saying how he just wants to live his truth and how his truth of who he really is has been pushed down his whole life. And it's really compelling if you're not thinking it all the way through. And that's really where our culture is at. Our culture thinks that all you need to do is dig down inside yourself, identify your deepest desires, and then those desires are your true authentic self. So in other words, according to culture, I am what I feel I am or who I feel I am. I am my feelings, which is in total contradiction to the Christian worldview, which says, hey, you can look inside yourself and identify your deepest desires. And there's a really good chance that many of them, if not all of them, are going to be in contradiction to what is actually objectively good. And this is where repentance comes in. This is where sanctification comes in. So it's a an entirely different worldview where the assumption in culture, though, is that whatever you find inside your own heart is who you really are. And then you have the responsibility to live that out and ask everybody else to affirm that and celebrate that about you. Yeah, I think that's such a good point that, you know, he it's not just about transgenderism. He is reflecting that whole secular notion for everyone who wants to be anything that they want to be. And so he's kind of, he, he's the promoter. He's the spokesman for that whole kind of secular movement, that secular idea. And, and I think I know which which speech you're talking about that's on his Instagram there. He And that's what always comes through when he talks is about, I'm living my truth. I'm being who I am. And, and yet he... He does do it with sort of a gentleness when he talks that you don't hear from a lot of transgender activists. You know, there are a lot of other types who are out there who don't come across in the same way. He has more of this gentle, aw shucks, I'm just being who I want to be. I love being a woman kind of attitude. And so people see that and it's like, yeah. And this totally makes sense. You know, he's living his best life and he's loving it. And, it, you know, it's kind of an interesting contrast if you look at we, – and we did an episode on this a while back, but there is a guy, Chris, from Mr. Beast, the YouTube channel. And this was a big, big story a few months back when he uh, – a guy who's, I guess, in his early 20s and he's married and he had a kid, he decided to transition. And it was kind of a shock. People, people had kind of noticed that something was different um, because he had started taking uh, hormone replacement therapy 
movie. And so he was starting to change a little bit. People started to talk about it. And eventually he came out and he said, yes, I'm transitioning. I'm becoming a woman. And he got a divorce and he still now posts about his transition and he posts pictures. And just recently, I think just this week, he posted something and it was like a year after hormone replacement therapy. And, you know, People, he, he of course he has the supporters. Everyone does, but it's just not in the same way that Dylan Mulvaney does because people are mad at him for for what he did to his kid and his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, that he kind of left the wife behind, and now he he is raising a kid in this way. And so there's some baggage there that I think Dylan Mulvaney doesn't have, so that people can be fully behind and root for him in a way that it's different with Chris from Mr. Beast. So I think that's another thing that Mulvaney has got going for him is that there's no baggage there. There's no baggage from a lot of people's perspective. He's just doing his own thing. It's not quote unquote hurting anyone. Well, you you mentioned, uh, you know, talking to your daughter about it. So I did the same thing. Uh, my daughter's 15. And I said, hey, why do you think that Mulvaney has gained such an influence, not just as an influencer, but as a transgender influencer? And she had a really interesting insight. And this came to her uh, immediately. It was like the top of mind. And he was, she was like, it doesn't seem like he's making a mockery of women. He actually seems like he embraces femininity. And I thought that was really fascinating because I have heard a lot of Christians say that the transgender movement makes a mockery of women, whether the transgender person intends that or not. But I don't think my daughter's even aware of that sentiment. And yet that was the first thing she thought of, that he genuinely loves femininity. And I totally agree with her. He often wears really beautiful clothes. He has feminine hairstyles. He wears lovely jewelry and so on. It doesn't look gaudy. It doesn't, again, it doesn't have that kind of drag aesthetic that you see sometimes uh, with, with trans people. So you get the sense as a woman that he truly wants to be one of us, that he thinks being a woman is the best. And so I think women almost see it as a form of flattery to see what he does rather than any kind of offense. And with that, he's pulling down emotional barriers that some might have. And that goes a long way toward cultural acceptability, especially when you're not rooted in objective truth. So as Christians, we have to remember that God made people male and female, basic truths, and you can't actually transition between them no matter how plausible the world might make it seem. Dylan Mulvaney is doing a really good job of that, but people can play parts, but they can't play God. Yeah, and I also asked my daughter that question of why, you know, why do you think Mulvaney has gained so much influence, uh, particularly as a transgender influencer? And she had some insightful comments as well. She said, well, really, he was the first to really brand it this way. He was the first person to highlight the transition in this way. And that's something else that he's really good at is branding. Like he has really got that down. He knows his brand. He knows exactly what kind of content to put out to keep it pulled into that brand. And she also said that it's interesting because even though, yes, he flatters women with the dresses and all of this, it's a bit of a stereotype. And my daughter even pointed out a lot of it is very young. He looks a little bit like a little girl mm-hmm. in a lot of the outfits. And even the girlhood, the 30 days of girlhood, she brought that up. It's it's not necessarily that he's transitioning into what someone might think a woman is, but really more like what a, a girl, a little girl. And so there's something interesting there that I probably need to think through a little more. And one thing I was talking about with my daughter is that, you know, we need to be praying for 
uh, Chris from Mr. Beast. We need to be praying for Dylan Mulvaney because there was a line in uh, the movie Lady Ballers, if anybody has seen that, which, by the way, was a little raunchier than I thought it was going to be. It's the Daily Wire movie about the transgender athletes. But there was a really profound line in that where one of the basketball players really thought he was a woman. And at the end, he kind of does this this reveal to the coach and the coach says, you're a lost man in a lost world. And he didn't mean it in a mean way. It was actually very um, compassionate. You, you're, you're just a lost man in a lost world. You're not a woman. And that's, I think, the compassionate heart that we need to have for people who are very confused because ultimately, this is what I told my daughter too, he's trying to fill the God hole with other things, as we all do. We all struggle with trying, you know, there's a place in our hearts and in our souls that only God can fill, and it will be empty until it's filled by God. As Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. So when people are doing things like this and trying to find their true authentic self. They are trying to fill that God hole that cannot be filled with anything but God. All right. Well, thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Natasha Crane podcast and the Elisa Childers podcast for more long form episodes where we go deeper into these topics. But for now, let's remember that as Christians, we have a firm foundation to stand on that as Psalm 62 puts it, is our rock and our salvation, our fortress where we will never be shaken. 